Hey friends, I have one thing to ask of you before this podcast begins. My heart behind my podcast is for it to touch as many women as possible so that they can grow in their faith and know that they are not alone on their journey to heaven. I can't do this without your help. So I want to encourage you to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share today's episode with just one friend who you think would grow by listening to today's conversation. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Hey there, I'm Whitney, your host of the Abundantly Yours podcast. I'm a wife, college student, and entrepreneur ready to strive for sainthood right alongside you. Jesus put this podcast on my heart as a way to serve you better, so I am so pumped that you are here. I'll be hanging with you every Monday and Thursday to chat all things discovering your purpose, cultivating a relationship with Jesus, and everything else in between. Are you ready to fully step into who God created you to be? Let's do this, girl. Hello, Mary, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and to share about a conversation talking about the image of divine mercy and what it means to trust in the Lord. So welcome, Mary. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. I am delighted to be here. Yes, absolutely. I'm super excited to chat today. Um, I love learning to trust in the Lord more and more, right? Isn't it so yeah. fun? <laughs> Daily exercise for yes. our entire lives, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So um, before we keep diving in, would you please introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Mary Lenneberg. I am a writer, uh, an author of two books, uh, Be Brave and the Scared and Be Bold and the Broken. I'm an international speaker, uh, leading retreats and, and conferences all over the world. I'm a wife of 34 years to my husband, Jerry. Um, I'm a mom to four souls, two I didn't get to hold this side of heaven. Um, and then our daughter, Courtney, who um, went home to the Lord in 2014. She had multiple disabilities. And our son, Jonathan, who is still with us, praise God, and newly married and a new dad. And, and it's been a delight. Awesome. So that's who I am. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love following along with everyone on Instagram. It's so fun. And I always remember, yeah, just hearing all your stories that you've shared about your daughter and your family and so many other things. So I'm just excited to welcome you here and to share in a conversation together. So I'm, I can't wait. Let's dive in. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the story of the divine mercy image? I know we, we see it all over the place, right? Like I think it's a common roadside roadside sign, you know, you see the image of divine mercy, but um, yeah, would you share kind of what, what it is and where it came from? I would from? be happy to. So in um, the Divine Mercy image, right, is a painting that comes from Poland and in the 1930s. So you have this beautiful nun who is a sister of Mercy. Her name, is, her given name was Helena, but she took the name of Sister Faustina Kowalska. And um she just was always had a very tender heart for the Lord. Um, when she received her first communion at the age of nine, she just had this profound experience with him. And so she always knew that she was kind of called to this life. So she became a nun. And in 1931, she was in chapel. So as nuns have chapel two or three times a day. And our Lord appeared to her in a vision. And um, she saw him clothed in a white garment with his right hand raised in blessing. Um, his left hand was touching his, his heart, you know, and there were these two light rays that came forward from the heart, one in red and one in white. And so she's like in awe because Jesus is appearing before her yeah. and she just, you know, and then he spoke to her and he told her, I want you to paint this image. 
And so he, um, she writes in her diary. It's a very famous book uh, yes. called My Diary, Sister yeah. Faustina's Diary. And she writes about this experience and how the Lord spoke to her and said, I want on the image these three uh, four words, Jesus, I trust in you as four words, yes. Jesus, I trust in you, because this image is all about his divine mercy. And so she um, went back to her spiritual director and told her everything that happened, told him, pardon me, he was a priest, everything that happened. And he said, I want you to ask Jesus the next time he speaks to you, what do these colors mean? And so in prayer again, he said to her, uh, Jesus said to her that the pale, they, they don't, um, they speak to the blood and water that came from the side of Christ on the cross. Right. And they're taught the red ray, ray um, stands for the blood, which will spill for the life of souls. And the, um, the white one is for the water which is for, which makes souls righteous. Yeah. So you have these two rays coming forth from the heart of our Lord. And it's all about his divine mercy, his graces that flow from his heart, his sacred heart um, to us, to our lives. And the, you know, when he says, Jesus, I trust in you. I mean, who else are we supposed to trust in? Yeah. Right. He is totally God, totally man. He walked the earth, you know, in order to um, give us an opportunity to enter into heaven with him for eternal life. Yeah. You know, he humbled himself and came as a child and, and grew up and, and had a family and, yeah. you know, did all the things we did was tempted by all the things we're tempted by to give us an example of how to live and how to live righteously and how to live with mercy and grace. Yeah. And so here we have this beautiful image, which I think she was made a saint by Pope St. John Paul II in, um, in the 90s, I think, or maybe early 2000s. I'm not sure exactly when she was made a saint, but it was another Polish saint, St. Yeah. John Paul II, who raised her to sainthood because of her holy life, because of this diary that she had written about God's mercy and how he is always with us. And, you know, and in times of, of trouble, when we don't know where to go, we always go to the heart of Jesus. Yeah. I love that. I just think it's so beautiful how the Lord literally sent us this piece of art you know, yes. through, through a human, like, you know, St. Faustina was human, just like all of us. And so um, it just kind of even, even speaks to God's divineness in general too, like just how incredible he is in the ways of speaking to us. And like that image is just one that's really close to my heart of like, I'm constantly trying to grow in trust, right? Well, aren't we all so hard? Aren't we all? And you know, it's so interesting because now in the church, that image, you know, we have, we have divine mercy Sunday, which is always the Sunday after Easter. Yeah. So how beautiful that we come through Lent, we celebrate yeah. Holy week. We ha we come to the pinnacle, the top, the most important day in our lives in the church year, which is yeah. Easter Sunday. And then one week later, we're celebrating the mercy of God, yeah. you know, on how I came to save you. Yep. But you have to, you know, God can't heal what is not revealed to him. Mm -hmm. He's not going to like sit there and say, you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me. No, uh -huh. he leaves that up to us, right? So things that need to be healed from our past, things that need to be um, talked with him about, you know, we just need to bring it to him. And we have this beautiful opportunity of Divine Mercy Sunday um, in which to do that. And it's just, 
I mean, you know, the liturgical year is a pretty awesome thing. It is. Yeah. I love that it always falls usually in April too. That's yes. my, my birthday month. And so oh, there you it's, go. it's just always so fun because I feel like um, even like you just think of, you know, students who are in the midst of a semester, like April is like one of the hardest. I mean, like, you know, you have Easter break and you're just ready for summer, but you have, you know, your final project. So it's like, you know, we have Easter, we get our little mini break, but then the week later, it's like the Lord is reminding us to trust in him, right? (laughs) Like, you know, we might not want to do those final projects or those, that homework, but it's like, what, what else could we do besides rejoice in the Lord and the fact that we get this opportunity to trust in him? Do you know what ingredients are found in your daily skincare and makeup routine? Could there be toxins in all of your products that are silently impacting your health? There are so many brands out there that claim to be clean or organic or pure, but are they actually clean? Due to a lack of regulation, beauty and cosmetic companies often use ingredients known to be harmful in their products. Let me repeat that part again. There are toxic chemicals associated with hormone disruption, increased cancer risk, and more in many of the products we put on our bodies every day. Uh, absolutely no thanks. There's a better way and I'm so excited to share it with you. I found makeup and skincare that I genuinely love that is actually clean, toxin-free, and organic. They've set a completely new standard for me and I feel a million times better wearing makeup I know won't compromise my hormones, health, or happiness. And the real kicker, they actually perform like my old favorites without the unnecessary gunk. Can I get an amen? In a world where it's so hard to know if products are what they claim to be, I'm so grateful to have found this line. You can get $10 off the makeup and skincare brand I use, Crunchy, when you use my link in the episode description. It's time to ditch the chemicals and protect your body with clean beauty and skincare. True. Um, And in all seasons of life, we have this um, this gift of holy work, right? I mean, for students, it's to be the best student you can be, right? To be the best son or daughter you can be. And then you enter as, as you go through your life, maybe you're called to the religious life. Okay. That's to be the best religious. You can be the best priest, the best sister, the best nun, the best brother, right? Or if you're called to marriage to be the best wife, the best husband that you can be. I mean, there's holy work all along the way. Yes. And it's a lot of stuff you don't want to do. Like you don't want to do the holy work of your vocation. Yeah. wherever, whatever season you're in, but you're still called to do it because Jesus showed you how to do it. You know, he was a carpenter. He never stopped being a carpenter mm-hmm. except for those last three years where he was out and he was ministering daily to the people. So he did his holy work. We got to do ours. Yeah. Amen to that. I think that's so important that, yeah, it's not always going to be fun, right? No. Like <laughs> Not at all. Like, you know, even just like, you know, the holy work of being a wife of like, you know, taking care of our home and, you know, sometimes that's not fun or that's not how I want to spend my Sunday afternoon, but like, it just needs to get done because, you know, or you know what I mean? Like it's not always easy. (laughs) 34 years. I do. Yes. Oh yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, so what are some times in your life that you've had to really lean in on, lean in on the Lord in trust? Oh my gosh, there's so many, but for this, for this podcast, for this time together, um, I'll really talk about, so one of the beautiful things about the divine mercy is that there's, there's a divine mercy chaplet that sister Faustina Mm, wrote and, and, uh, we can do every single day. Uh, there's also a divine mercy novena, which is nine days of the chaplet. 
And it's a beautiful gift to us at the church. And I, I start with that point sharing about how I've learned to trust in the Lord because my daughter, Courtney, um, has been with the Lord now for eight years and she taught us how to love, right? She, there was nothing Courtney could do. Um, she was wheelchair bound. She didn't speak. She was blind. Um, and you know, yet she was the heart of our home and there's nothing she could do to earn our love. Like, you know, you and I, we try to earn people's respect and earn people's love. That's just, it's part of the, the beast of being human. And, and Courtney never had to do that. She just was, she was love right? And she taught us how to love unconditionally. And we call the divine mercy novena, Courtney's novena. That's like the subplot in our house. Um, Because every time we had a question about her care, every time we were in the ICU with her, every she had daily seizures. That was one of the big things she dealt with. Um, Every time there was a financial worry, we almost lost our house twice due to medical uh, bills and things of that nature. We were always going to the Divine Mercy Novena. And we just, it's so simple and it's so beautiful. And it gets to the crux of how we are not in control right? I am not in control. The only thing I control is my response and my reaction to what's coming to me, or if I'm being proactive, right? In some way. And so we call it Courtney's Novena because it just was always so clarifying to us to really get down to the nitty gritty of what needed to be done. If there was a medical decision to be made, if there was a financial worry to to take care of, Um, our marriage went through so much tumult and, and trial during the 22 years Courtney was with us, our son and, and what he had to walk. So I love the Divine Mercy Novena, and I've had to learn to trust the Lord in a deeper way. And even since Courtney, you would think that, you know, having to bury a child is the hardest thing you've ever had to do in your life. And I can attest to it's not. It hasn't been the hardest thing. And, and I knew that it wouldn't be. And I knew that because I trusted in God and I just had a sense that there were going to be some really hard things that myself and my husband would have to travel through. Right. And, um, and there have been. And we get down, you know, there's that beautiful surrender novena, right? You know, Jesus, basically Jesus fix it. I give you my whole life. You have my life. You know, Jesus, I trust in you. I surrender it all to you. It's a very simple prayer. Mm -hmm. And I say it a lot. And it's one of my husband's favorite prayers because we always find ourselves in situations where um, we're, we are trying to put God in a box. Mm -hmm. And so we can't figure (laughs) out what to do because we're looking at him as a human and we're not looking at him as, uh, you know, all that he is right. Omniscient, omnipresent, knows all stands outside of time. God is not limited by our humanity. We are limited by our humanity, which is why Jesus, I trust in you. I trust in you. You are the one that's going to move my feet in the way they need to move. You are the one that's going to direct my path the way it needs to go. And you have to remember just in scripture, it says, God writes straight with crooked lines. And that is our life. You know, it's a constant, but I think specifically one situation was it was in 2007 and we were, we were going to lose our home. Our medical bills were in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and we just were behind, you know, we're just underwater as they say. And, um, we had never asked for help from anybody. We had done it ourselves. We're very independent people. And finally, a friend of ours came to us and said, you need to let people help you. This is like 
GoFundMe before GoFundMe existed. Yeah. Okay. And, um, or at the very beginnings of GoFundMe. And, um, and we were just mortified because of course you have to say to the world, I can't pay my bills. I have a special needs daughter. Uh, we're in trouble. You know, this is like unzipping your heart and opening it up to the yeah. world. judgment. And it was a horrible, horrible time. It was so stressful. And our friend came to us, our friend Tom and, and Meg came to us and they said, people have been waiting to help you for, at that point, Courtney was in her teens, you know, for so long. Would you allow us to do this? And then they quoted Mother Teresa to me and they said, remember Mother Teresa used to say that in order for charity be, to be done, someone must humble themselves to receive the charity. Yeah. And that's so like, you know, Sister Faustina, it's so like her. Yeah. Because one of the things she did in her life was toward the end of her life as she was dying, she was dying of tuberculosis, which she accepted that physical suffering for the souls that she would save through her suffering, through redemptive suffering. And not on her own merit, but on, on Christ's merit. Yeah. Jesus, I trust in you. So we we wrote this letter, we sent it to people. We were I was just so hard. It was such a hard time. Yeah. And nothing was happening. And my mother called one night and she said, have you received any help? And I'm like, well, we received, you know, a little bit, but nothing to do, not enough to do what we needed to do. Yeah. And she said, do the divine mercy chaplet, do, do the novena. It's time. And I don't know why we didn't think of it at that moment. Cause we had yeah. already been doing it. Yeah. And, uh, and so we did. And at the end of that nine day novena, we had everything we needed to save our house. Wow. God is just incredible. <laughs> he is. And he continues. Yeah. Every time we feel that stress again or, yeah. or something else happens, I remind myself, I remind my husband, I remind my son and my daughter-in-law, remember the faithfulness of God. Yeah. He will never, ever leave you. That's why he wrote those words, Jesus, I trust in you. It's simplest prayer ever. Yep. <laughs> now, or as my friend Catherine in Texas says, fix it, Jesus, you know, simple, yep. get it down yep. to the basics. Yeah. And, um, and that situation of course was a huge situation, but yeah. just in smaller things throughout my life, yeah. I have had to say that. And I have had to really lean into, you know, God and his provision. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think of just like, you know, when we say Jesus, I trust in you. That's essentially, we're also saying like, Lord, I want what you want, not what yeah. I want. Right. Like, yeah, it's a surrender of the word. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think it's easier to lose a hundred pounds than it is to surrender to the will of God. Oh yeah. Okay. And it's really hard for me to lose weight. So I'm just saying, like yeah. it's tough. It's tough yeah. because you have to bend your will. Yep. You know, and you have to say to the Lord, you know, my life is not my own. This is what people forget. You know, uh, I have a lot of people that tell me, I'm so sorry. You know, you had to, aren't you mad at God because you had to bury your daughter? No, my daughter didn't belong to me. Yeah. The daughter belongs to God. I belong to God. Yeah. And we forget that. We forget that in our daily lives that that we're here on mission. We're here with a task yeah. or many tasks, you know, yeah. that is uniquely mine. I only I can do my mission. Only you can do your mission. Yeah. Right? Because it's uniquely given to us. Even if you're not quite sure what it is, the Lord is revealing it to you over time, which is why Jesus I trust in you is such a yeah. pinnacle prayer because you got to lean into that process. Yep. And usually it involves pruning of the tree, which is very painful and not yep. enjoyable. But then when, that, when that tree blooms, it's mm. stunning. Yeah. That's overwhelming. And it's, you know, you're just in awe of what the Lord can do. Yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah, that just reminds me of John 15. And that's been one of my favorite passages of the Bible. Um, 
just even to, to learn to grow in trust in the Lord of even the fact of like, you know, if you don't remain on the vine, you ain't going to do nothing. Right. <laughs> and dust yes. real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Well, and also in John, you know, it says, I've come to give you life and to give it abundantly. Yes. God is not stingy. Yep. He is an overwhelming God. He's always moving. He's a God of action. He's got a forward motion, mm-hmm. right? And so um, one of my favorite scriptures in um, in the Bible is Ephesians 3, 20, 21, which basically says the generosity of God can never be outdone for those who love him, right? I mean, never. It can never be outdone. No matter the greatest thing you think you can do, yep. God will blow it out of the water. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I just think that that even makes the journey of our relationship and growing with the Lord even better of knowing like the Lord has so much better than I like plan than I can ever imagine. Right. Like, and I just think of if I can just build a daily relationship with Christ, I'm going to get to experience that life of, of abundance of, I have no idea what it's going to entail, but that's the beauty of it. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a season in my life where I would just like feel like I had to plan out my entire week on Monday um, and now in this season of life, it's the complete opposite. I'm like, today, what do I need to do? Yeah, today? And, you know, and that's one of the great gifts Courtney gave us. It's called the sacrament of the present moment. Yeah. Right. I don't have to worry about two weeks from now. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't even now, even though she's no longer physically here to remind me of that. I'm thinking of that all the time. Yeah. Yes, do I have a to-do list? Sure. Everybody's got a to-do list. You've got to do the dishes and clean the bathroom and <laughs> yep. dry cleaning. And we all have a to-do list. But what is your to-do list for God? And that is daily prayer. Number one thing, you got to talk to him in order to know him. And you can't trust someone you don't know. Mm. And so that has to be your number one priority. And everybody's like, well, but I'm a young mom. I've got all these babies. How am I supposed to sit down and read the Bible? There are so many things. There's like the Hallow app that you can listen to with your kids. There is um, just saying a decade of the rosary as you're folding the laundry. There is when you're in the car, instead of listening to music, be silent or have a Bible story for kids going if you have little ones. I mean, there's so many different ways for you in a very, very busy season of life. I remember it so well, you know, getting up at five 30 to pray was not happening because the baby was up all night, you know, and you're feeding and you're caring. You've got to remember, you know, it says it, every time we go to mass, my body is given for you yeah. as a woman, specifically your body is given for another, yeah. right? You're, it's, you're actually built for that to hold another human. And so whether you ever get to experience that physically of your body or you experience that spiritually, right? Because every woman is a mother, whether you have a child or not of your body, you are a mama. You are made to care for another. Yeah. Right. And so here we have these busy seasons of life. Well, your body is a prayer when you're up at night and you're rocking them for the third hour and you can barely hold on to a thought. (laughs) That sacrifice of time and effort is a prayer to the Lord. Yeah. You know, our actions are prayers as well. Yeah. And so we can't get stuck in this idea that during certain seasons of life, when it is physically challenging to sit down and read scripture, that that's the only way to pray. Yeah. Now that I don't have little people, you know, my son's 33, (laughs) maybe of his own, and he is currently living that life. Yeah. You know. I get up at 5.30 and I read my scripture and I study it and I write my journal and I do because I can in this season yeah. of life. Yeah. 
But that was only, that's really only been for the last maybe 10, 15 years. Yeah. Before then, not so much. Yeah. So you have to really pay attention to where you are. You have to stop looking around at other people and what they're doing, because that's not what God is asking you to do. Yes. You have to look at the people that he places right in front of your face. Yep. Right. If you're married, your husband, your children, if you're not married, your teachers, your parents, your coworkers, right? Mm-hmm. Right there. Yep. Your grandma, your grandchildren. Yeah. Who's in front of you? Who does he need you to serve? Yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and even just, you know, talking about, you know, prayer and being busy. I've been, you know, I learned of like, Prayer doesn't have to be the same thing every day. Amen. Um, that's something I think I always kind of got in the, the habit of, you know, I have to read my Bible, then pray the rosary. I almost made it a checklist instead of this mm-hmm. invitation to spending time with Jesus and being open to where he wanted me to pray that day. So now prayer is so much more fun because I go sit down in my little prayer corner and I'm like, Lord, how do you want me to pray today? Some days that is a rosary. Some days that is silence. Some days that is holding on to the cross and just talking to Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that's the when we can embrace the beauty of who Christ is, is the Amen. divineness of the ways we can pray and communicate with him. Well, um, I find myself throughout the day recently in the last several weeks, um, I find myself saying a decade of the rosary. Like all of a sudden I'm like, our father, or <laughs> you know, it's in my head and I'm, yep. I'm doing the dishes or I'm driving the car. Or I'm, I'm going to get the dry cleaning. I don't know. Yeah. And I'll just start saying it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Somebody needs... Somebody needs my attention right now that I, I don't know and I can't see. So therefore I'm just going to offer it to our lady and she'll take it where she needs to take it. Um, and you know, sister Faustina was very much the same way. Mm -hmm. She offered her work and her sacrifice of her physical body as prayer. Yeah. And so that's the beauty of the theology of redemptive suffering. You know, Jesus, I trust in you is all about the redemption of suffering. Mm -hmm. It's all about the mercy and grace that comes from our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can never forget who he is and who we are to him. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. I just, I think it's so incredible that we have the opportunity of, although we are so, you know, we are broken people, right? We are broken. But the fact that like the Lord dwells in us and who we are, no matter the sins we commit. So we have this opportunity to trust in him and he wants us to do that, right? Like he feels so glorified when we say, Lord, I trust in your plan. Because that's, I mean, that takes, like like we said, a lot of surrender to the Lord of, I don't know. I just, some days it's hard and some days it's good and beautiful, but it's like what an opportunity we get to have to grow in relationship with Christ in this way through trust. And so how does someone work on growing in the virtue of trust in the Lord? Do you have any advice of, Oh, it's practice makes perfect. (laughs) It is practice makes perfect. What does that mean? That means when you learn how to trust in the little things, Mm. then when the big stuff comes, it doesn't feel so foreign. Okay. So practical. Everybody's always like, you know, Mary, can you give me some practical tips? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, get up at five. No, I'm like, you know, wash your dishes with Dawn detergent. I mean, that's what they're looking for. They're looking yep. for like, number one, I do this. Yep. Okay? Okay, <laughs> number one, talk to Jesus. Yeah. Whether that is having a prayer corner or whether that is, you know, standing at your sink, washing your dishes having an internal conversation with him about all the baloney that happened today, (laughs) how frustrated you are, how your two-year-old is doing this and your 14-year-old is doing this, or your husband is doing this, or the world is imploding or whatever it is. You have to have a conversation. 
right? So the number one thing is talk to Jesus. You got to talk to him. As I said before, you cannot love who you do not know. You cannot trust who you do not know. So relationship is number one. Number two, when he gives you that little test, when he gives you, when he's testing the waters with you, think of the story of Peter um, walking on the water. Jesus calls to him. Peter sees him. Peter keeps his eyes on Jesus and he steps out and he is walking on that water. Why? Because he has not taken his eyes from the Lord. And the minute he takes his eyes from the Lord and his humanness overwhelms him, what happens? He sinks, right? So that's what we have to do. And that's what that relationship is all about. So when he gives you the little test, when he gives you the unexpected car repair, when he gives you the, the illness for your child, when he allows, right? It's, it's None of these things come from him because God can only love, but he does allow in this fallen world, difficult things to happen. So when he gave us three months of hospice with our daughter, you know, people are like, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Well, how could we face that? Because he had given us all these other things. Yeah for years leading up to that, where we trusted him, where we had no idea where the next dollar was going to come from. We had no idea where, what the next medical treatment was going to be. And we literally would walk into a doctor's appointment and be like, Lord, this is yours. We're going to sit quietly and listen. We asked the Holy spirit into this. You got to guide it. Yeah. And we would leave there with hope. Yeah. We would leave there with something, with an answer to something. The checkbook would be at, you know, minus 200 or whatever. Yeah. And there would be an, and we, I would be praying, Lord, we just, please. Yeah. And an insurance check would show up for the exact amount that we needed to the penny. Or a gift would come from someone or something would happen. Yep. And there it would be. And so the challenge to us now is we have experience in the faithfulness and the trust of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we forget. Yep. And so I have to remind myself and I have to remind my husband when we're in a challenging situation, wait a minute, we've been here before. Yep. (laughs) What happened last time? Oh, let's remind ourselves from that. So I'm going to give you the most practical thing, which talks about relationship that I can. There is a beautiful way that David in the Psalms prayed. Okay. It's called a lament and it's a three-step prayer. And I lament all the time, (laughs) all the time. I'm a very lamenty person. What you do is you begin your prayer with an introduction, like, hi, it's Mary. I I know I might not have been like a week since I've talked to you, Lord, like, hi, remember me. Right. So we, we reintroduce ourselves to Lord every single time. Like, I love you. We praise him. Okay. So it's introduction and praise. Right. And then we ask him for what he has, what you need, yeah. right? So it's, we have an $800 car repair. Lord Jesus, we have $640. I, we, you know, we need the car. My husband has to work. What are we going to do? We have a whatever, you know, just for us, the, Satan always hits us in the wallet. That's, yep. <laughs> that's where we're challenged the most. And so in the wallet and in relationships, those are the two places in our lives that we tend to get challenged. And so we'll be praying. And we just bring him our need. So that's the second part of the prayer. The third part of the prayer is what I call even if. Even if, Lord, you do not answer the prayer the way I desire it to be answered. I love you and I trust you and I believe in you. Yeah. Right? So there's faith, hope, and love. Yep. Right? Pope Benedict used to say, those who live with hope live differently. Why? Because we have God. Yep. 
And with God, anything is possible. Yes. So I would say your practicality is to learn how to lament. Yep. (laughs) And just because that's the last part of that lament is Jesus, I trust in you. We come right back to divine mercy. I trust in you. It's yours. Yeah. And we do the next right faithful thing. And if that is go unload the dishwasher, then go unload the dishwasher. If that is go write your five page paper, go write your five page paper page paper. Yep. Let go of what needs to be let go of and allow the Lord to move. Yeah. And sometimes I even think I struggle with asking big things of the Lord, you know, like I'm like, you know, this needs to happen, but like I can lean on the Lord and ask for his help. Like what an opportunity we get through that. Um, yeah. Whether that's financial or even just, um, relationship, just like you said, like any situation in life, anything, but God can, is such a big God. Yeah, yeah. He can handle all of your emotions if you're yep. really mad at him about something. <laughs> he can handle it all. We've had yeah. our words, the Lord, you know. <laughs> he can handle He's a big God, right? Yep. But he also is going to do like, I grew up, you know, in a big Catholic family. I have six brothers and a sister. Went to Catholic school. And I struggled to learn. Yeah. I am dyslexic. And, um, and I really struggled to learn. And I didn't learn how to read, like really read and understand. So I was in the third and fourth grade, right? The end of third grade, beginning of fourth grade. So I was really behind in schoolwork. And school, I just hated it. So I became funny. I became the class, you know, I was always very entertaining. So no one would look at yep. my report card, right? <laughs> and so here I am as an adult. My daughter has passed away. My son is moving on with his life. My husband and I are in a wonderful place in our marriage. And he challenges me by writing a book. Now I can't diagram a sentence to save my life. How am I supposed to write a book? You know, I mean, I'm a storyteller by nature, but that's, that's verbal. That's not on paper. And so I said, no, like, (laughs) and on the third time, my husband said yes for me. You know, he was like, no, you're going to do this. Like the Lord is challenging you. Well, that's why God made editors, right? (laughs) To take all of your crazy and put it into this beautiful book. And not only have I written one book, I've written two. That is the overwhelming abundance of God. Yeah. Those books exist because of Jesus, not because of Mary, because of him. Yep. He gave me a challenge. I did my best and rose to the challenge and it wasn't perfect. It will never be perfect, but dang what he has done with those books yeah. and what he has done and the hearts that he has touched and the places that I have gotten to go and speak and been a part of all because I said yes to this huge mountain called writing a book Yeah, as a dyslexic. Yeah. And if you could see (laughs) the first draft of the phonetically spelled horrible grammar, I, every time I breathe, I put in a comma. So (laughs) as my husband says, what I do to a comma should be illegal in the lower 40. (laughs) No, I mean here, you know, but God was faithful and he was true. And I kept telling him and I still tell him to today, you know, as we're recording this podcast, um, my sister-in-law, my, my husband's sister, um, is in hospice. Okay. And so we're now spending time saying goodbye to another family member. Yeah. And I was really concerned six months ago because I didn't have a lot of speaking engagements for this time. Yeah. And I, I was like, gosh, it, is my speaking coming to an end, Lord? Is it, is it time for me to move on with a different ministry or, you know, what, what's happening? Well, God knew. Yeah. He knew what was coming. And so because I trust him with that part of, well, that part of my life, I need to trust him with all parts of my life. Yeah. But I've always told him, if you want me to go and to speak mm-hmm. to people and share my heart, you got to do it. 
I'm yep. not a PR machine. It's not going to happen that way. Yep. And he has always been so generous and so kind with all of that. Yeah. And here there was this huge block of time that had nothing. And I was like, uh, <laughs> what are we doing with this guy? Yep. <laughs> and then this happened. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. Yep. I didn't see that. I didn't want to see that coming. I mean, who wants that? But yeah. at the same time, he understood my heart. He yeah. knew where I would need to be. He knew how I would need to serve. And he didn't want to make it more complicated for me. And because I trust him, yeah. I now see and understand. Yeah. And moving forward, I don't know what it'll be. But for this yes. season, it's quiet so that I can serve my family as best I can and yeah. love my sister-in-law home to him. Yeah. So... Yeah. He provides everything he and he's, he's a big cliffhanger guy. He loves a cliffhanger <laughs> Yep, he's hanging on the edge of the cliff and your, your nails are beginning to bleed and you're just like, I, it's going to happen. It's going to be a horrible, horrible ending. Yep. And then he provides the grace and this and whatever is needed right at the exact moment that it's needed. Yeah. And not one second before. And that's the hard part. Cause you got to trust them all the way yep. to the bleeding fingernail part. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, even just learning to live in the day, like day to day, you know, like for you, you could have been, you know, a control freak in that situation of like, well, I'm going to search and search and search and find all these, you know, maybe some speaking events to go to. Um, But instead of, of allowing ourselves to trust in the Lord. And when we do that, the freedom we can experience with that is incredible. Like I'm on my journey of continuously working to trust in the Lord. Cause once again, no, none of us are ever going to be perfect in that. Um, nope. but in not that, until we're in heaven, you know, there yeah. we don't have to worry about it. We trusted him, yeah. we brought it home. But you know, it just, it, the thing is, is sometimes, and sometimes you're not going to see the answer, Yes, right? He does yes. answer the prayer, but you don't necessarily see it. Yes. And that's the hardest part to trust in mm-hmm. because you're thinking it's unanswered, but God answers all prayers. Yeah. He says, yes, he says no. And he says, wait a minute, I'm working. <laughs> right. Yep. And I mean, I've had prayers that I have prayed for 30 years before I saw the the fruit of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so you being in such a, a, you know, a new beginning of your life. Yeah. you That's where those muscles get worked out, right? Yeah. Trusting in the little things. Yeah. Trusting in the, you know, I go to the doctor, they see this. Oh, is that something to be worried about? No, because you're trusting in God and he's yeah. going to give you the grace and he's going to give you the words and he's going to give you the actions to take. Yeah. You, again, it's about relationship. You've got to listen to him. Yep. Yeah. And that means you got to be talking to him. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We can't, we can't trust in someone we don't know, just like you said. And I think yes. that's kind of just like the mic drop of the episode, right? Like if, if you get one snippet out of it is if you, you know, the image of divine mercy is incredible. Jesus, I trust in you is awesome, but we can't trust in someone we don't know. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, a stranger on the street, you know, yep. we're not going to, you know, you, you might want to say, yeah, I can trust in this person, but you have no idea who they are. Right. And sometimes God might actually ask that of you. Yeah. He might say, I need you to trust me and how I'm working through this person. And you don't even know how it's going to end. Yep. You yep. know, this is, uh, that's why we, we are to be charitable to others. Yep. That's why we are to, to treat them as if they were Jesus walking in front of us, because we're all made in his image and likeness. Yeah. And we all carry that, that piece of divinity within us yeah. that says, I am a child of God. And there are so many people that don't even recognize that yeah. in themselves, let alone in somebody else. Yep. And so we're challenged in this culture of confusion and this culture of, of me, this culture of narcissism and, and the selfie 101 yep. to, to look beyond that 
And that's a trusting, which means you got to know yourself. You've got to know your weaknesses. You've got to know your strengths. And then you've got to be able to say to the Lord, you gave me these charisms. You gave me these gifts. How may I serve you today? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah, just like you said, very end today, today, what can I do? Today. Yep. Yeah, because tomorrow's gone. You can't fix it. And and carrying the regret of that and the unforgiveness of that is is a horrible thing to do do to yourself. You know, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for your heart to be renewed in Christ. Yeah. And so letting go of those regrets, letting go of that unforgiveness, get yourself to confession, do the things you need to do to to create a clean heart within yourself. Right? Because that's from God and God alone. But you've got to offer it back to him. You've got to give it to him. And so you take that into the present because God has not given you the gift of tomorrow. Yep. We do not know the hour or the time in which we will be called home. Yeah. You know, and so today is what you've got. Yep. So if today is what you've got, then dang it, knock it out of the park. Yeah. And if it's a day that you're not knocking it out of the park, which let's all be honest, <laughs> not every day is a home yep. run, yep. right? Then you offer what you can yeah. Say, Lord, it's not a home run today. I'm trying and I'm not getting there. And I, I just help me, Jesus. Yep. <laughs> like, Jesus, I trust in you that yep. you're going to get me to dinner time and I'm going to put these kids to bed and there'll be some sort of renewal of heart and mind because tomorrow yeah. is a new day. Yeah. And, you know, even I think it was Pope John, St. Pope John Paul, the 20, uh, John, the 23rd, who said, I think it was him or maybe it was Pius the 10th. One of them said, Lord, I'm going to bed now. I assume you can take care of your church. Yep. Like they were so concerned about what was happening. They're like, I got to sleep. Yeah. It's yours. It's your church, Lord. I'm yeah. going to bed. Yep. And that's, I, I love that because I'm like the humility of that. Yeah. I say at night, I'm like, Lord, it's your family. Mm. This is your home. Yep. I'm going to bed. Yep. <laughs> Maybe can I sleep a yep. little bit? You know? yep. Yeah. Because menopause is so enjoyable. Maybe can I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it, that's trust. Mm. That's yep. trust in its simplest form. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's the little, that's, that's how we grow in it. It's just in the little Amen. things throughout our day of, you know, like, Lord, I need to get this done. Help me get through it. Cause I trust in you that I have the gifts and talents to do this. You know, you've called me to do this because I'm capable. I've, you've called me to it, right? Like you might not quite feel like you might be quote unquote capable for it. Right. Like none of us are. Yeah. I mean, that's our humanity. Yeah. Like, exactly. I, I, you know, I hear, I heard this a lot when I was working in youth ministry. I worked in youth ministry for 14 years. Yeah. And I used to say, cause I read it in, in Paul in Corinthians, I think it was where he says, you know, God does not call the equipped. Yeah. God equips the called. Yeah. And we're like, I'll say that. And people are like, wait, wait, wait I got to write that down. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah. You know, when he calls us into action, he yeah. will provide what we need. Yep. Exactly. At that moment. Yeah. And he's not going to provide it beforehand, which is where trust is, con- you know, yep. that's why we need the trust. Yes. And we know that yep. he's give it to us right when we need it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah. Oh, so good. I just, we, yeah, we have an opportunity to, to trust in the Lord, the creator of our own lives. So why wouldn't we do that? Right. Amen. Like some days I'm like, you know, I don't really feel like praying, but I'm like, why would I not take an opportunity to, talk to this, you know, to the creator of my life, who the, the, you know, the God who has my plan, my life planned out and who knows, you know, these struggles that are on my heart that I really just need to go and talk to him about and say, Lord, 
right now this sucks, or I need your help, or thank you so much in rejoicing in the Lord. There's always, you know, some yeah, check rejoicing. With the boss, man. Yeah. I'm checking with the boss. Yep. Like, hey, okay, I'm here. I'm yep. on mission. Yep. And what is it today? And you got to yep. remember, God needs nothing from us. Yep. He needs nothing from us. He loves us and desires relationship with us. Yeah. But it's it's not on us. It's not, what can I do for you, Lord? It's, Lord, how do you wish to use me today? Yes. How do you wish to work through me today? Can you yeah. kind of give me, you know, a little hint yep. as to what we're supposed to do? Yeah. And that usually for me starts with, you know, unload the dishwasher, Mary. Do the yeah. laundry. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, clean a bathroom. That yeah. would be good. Take care of your home. What's for dinner? You know, I mean, you have yeah. to take care of your primary vocation first. Yeah. Before I ever leave this house to go on a talk or lead a retreat, I have to take care of my primary vocation. And that is, you know, caring for my home and my family and my husband, most especially, yep. you know, and, and to care for their hearts, to care for their physical space. Yeah. Um, is it the most enjoyable thing sometimes? No, not a fan of cleaning bathrooms. It's not my favorite thing, yep. right? Housekeeping is not my favorite thing. <laughs> I love to cook and I love to bake. If you want me to do that, I'll do that all day long. <laughs> But clean the dishes afterwards, yep. no, not my favorite thing. Yep. So, you know, I mean, there are things that I love and things that yeah. I don't in my primary vocation. But in the end, when I do them, when I make the choice to love through that action, then I'm trusting God with the result. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it works. I think we also sometimes think of, I have to do this. I have to earn love from Christ, which is yep. wrong. You know, like, you know some people fall into the habit of, well, you know, I can go to mass on Sunday and I like, that's going to get me to heaven. But it's like, no, he desires more out of us. He doesn't desire for us to do X, Y, Z for him. You know, we are called not to, a to do what list to check off. I said that earlier. Yeah. You know, he is not a to-do list to check off. Yeah. And we all fall into that from time to time. Yeah. You know, we all fall into that, that bad habit of like, oh, I've got to. Now, there are times, I know there have been times in my life where that to-do list saved me. Like I knew I needed to go to mass yeah. and I was in a bad place in my heart and in my marriage and in with the Lord, but I knew I needed to go to mass. So I did. Yeah. Right. So that's a walk of faith in itself to go, even though everything is screaming in you to run away. Yeah. But to, to keep to that holy habit that was created in your childhood and in your young adult life, yep. because that was a lifeline when things were really bad. Yeah. Amen. You know, and then I was able to go back later and say, Lord, I didn't show up, you know, in the way that I should have, mm -hmm. but I tried. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he honors that. Yeah. Where are all of my current brides to be at? Or maybe, you know, of a girlfriend currently planning her wedding. If you said yes to either of those questions, listen up. Wedding planning shouldn't be stressful. After all, you're planning the biggest and one of the most holiest days of your life. White Lily Weddings is a Catholic wedding planning company dedicated to creating holy marriages modeled after Mary and Joseph, which stand out like a lily among the thorns in today's society. Marie and her team at White Lily Weddings offers your typical planning packages such as full service, month of management, etc. But they also offer 100% customizable planning packages to fit your exact needs and budget. If you are a Catholic bride or you know of one, be sure to check out whitelilyweddings.com or follow them on Instagram at white.lily.weddings. All of the information is in the episode description. 
Wow. So, so incredible. It's, it's all so true. It is. And I just think of like, I don't know, I'm just at a loss for words right now because it's almost just like, like I was just, you know, having this conversation. I'm like, wow, Lord, you really know this is what I need to hear right now. Because like, it's just like so important that although, you know, I don't know, like some days I'm like, yeah, I'm you know growing in my faith. But like there's always this constant learning in well, our relationship to, with Christ. You also have to remember that when you feel emotionally connected when, with him, that's lovely. Yeah. And that's wonderful. It's a wonderful consolation, mm. but it's not about emotion. Yeah. It's about our intellect. Yeah. And you look at people like um, Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa, she had 60 years of no consolation from the Lord. 60 years. And she begged for the first seven. She was like so confused and so hurt. And yeah. she writes oh, so beautifully about the aching and longing of her heart. And then she realized she had this moment of clarity where she said, oh, I know you're with me. And you have just chosen for this to, to be this way. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep loving you and serving you because yeah. I know you're there. Yeah. And there has to be a purpose and a reason to it. Yeah. So she was able to finally detach her emotion and get to the intellect of God is God. I am not. Mm-hmm. He has asked me to do this. Whether I receive consolation or not, doesn't matter. You know, they call it the dark night of the soul. Yeah. We've got St. Therese of Lisieux that went through that. Where yeah. are you, Lord? Yeah. Right. And we call out to him and, and our, our society is so based on emotion. Yeah. I got to feel it. I got to feel it to know it. Yeah. No, you don't <laughs> you have to choose it to know it. Yep. You have to choose to believe that God is God and you are not yep. that he's fully man, fully divine. Right. Yep. That, you know, why did God make me to, to love him, to know him and to serve him so that I might be happy with him in the next life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's yeah. like catechism from my second grade. <laughs> Never forget it. You yep. know, yeah. God, why did God make you? Because he thought you'd love it. Yeah. He thought you'd enjoy it. Yeah. It was a gift. Mm. Yeah. And we don't, a lot of us are, are in turmoil in different aspects of our life, but we don't think of our life as a gift. We think of yeah. it as a tragedy. Yeah. And it's not. Yep. It's because you're not listening to the one who made you. You're listening mm-hmm. to the culture where, you know, we have to remember Satan is the prince of the earth, yeah. right? He strolls around and, and destroys yeah. every day, yeah. every hour, every minute of every day. Yeah. Right. So you have to fight. And the yeah. only way to fight is to know who you are yeah. and whose you are. Yes. Satan is the superhero of discouragement and doubt. Mm. The Holy Spirit is the superhero of empathy and encouragement. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so we have to choose the light. We have to choose the right side. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Whether we feel like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have two choices every day, right? Every day. Every day. Every, every day. day. My dad used to say all the time, he goes, Mary, I grew up my, as Mary Beth and he would say, Mary Beth, you have one choice that is totally yours every single day. And I would roll my eyes. I was in high school <laughs> and he's like, no, seriously, you have one choice. I'm like, what? And he would say, is it going to be a good day? or a bad day because that choice lies completely with you. Yeah. Yep. Right. Are you going to react in anger? Or are you going to react in empathy? Mm. Are you going to be proactive in your life or just receive what life has to give you? Yeah. Right. Is it going to be a good day or a bad day? Yep. And I have to tell you, I have seen some dark things and walked through some really dark times. 
burying my father, burying my daughter, my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law now walking in hospice with my sister-in-law. Um, and God is good. Yeah. And he is love and he is hope. Yeah. And I have to actively choose it for myself every single day. Yeah. And I can choose a bad day. I'm really good at that. I'm like, it is the day to wallow. There will be sweatpants and ice cream and horrible choices (laughs) all day long. Every, you know, Jane Austen movie ever made will be rolling in the background (laughs) as I do nothing but wallow in self-pity. Yeah. And my husband even said the other day, he was complaining about something and he just kept going, going, going. And I'm like, honey, come on. We have to, he goes, nope, I'm wallowing. I'm like, oh, understood. We all <laughs> wallow. Okay. This is not a time for me to cheer you on and tell you how much I love you and how great, great a job you're doing and all of that. You want to wallow? Great. So we could give in to the wallow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's legitimate. We have to acknowledge the feelings. We have to acknowledge the difficulties and the challenges. Yeah. Then you have to make a choice to walk away from it. Yep. You have to make a choice to pick up yourself yeah. and walk toward the light and not remain in the in the muck and the mire of the wallow. Yeah. Yep. Amen to that. And like even just the simplest of this morning, you know, it's like I did not want to get up today. I was like, I just want to keep snoozing my alarm. You know, my husband got up and got ready for work and he came back in our room and he was like, Are you gonna get up? I'm like, fine, I'll get up. You know? So like just even that little like kind of crabby attitude I had, you know, getting up, you know, I got out of bed and like, okay, I want to have a good day and not be in a crabby attitude. Cause like I knew I had, you know, podcast interviews today. So I'm like, I want to be able to show up to them and, you know, be joyful in the Lord. Right. Um, so like the simplest of little things of this, the, how I can turn my day around from like the first five minutes of waking up in a bad attitude is like, like I'll wash my face, you know, refresh myself, splash some cold water on it, wake myself up. Um, but then, you know, making a coffee and go sitting in prayer with the Lord um, and just saying, Lord, I want to go back to bed, but here I am, you know? Well, and see, for me, I felt very similar, <laughs> you know, very similar. And, um, and I did go make my coffee and I didn't get to my prayer corner, Yeah. but you know what, through this conversation about the Lord, you know, I prayed before I came on yeah. and I just asked the Holy Spirit to guide the conversation and to make the words impactful as he desires yeah. it to be. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm going to come off of this and I'm going to be like, all right, wow. Yeah. And what did we do? We talked about the Lord. Yeah. Amen to that. Exactly. About his grace. So even just a conversation, you got to remember that the Holy Spirit speaks through yes. all situations, music, other people's things that happen. God uses everything. He wastes nothing. Yeah. He will take your sin and he will redeem it and he will glorify it and make something beautiful Amen. out of it. Yeah. And the same with your soul and your life. You just got to give yep. it to him. Amen. Amen. Amen to everything. I love <laughs> it. Um, so kind of as we wrap up, this is the loaded question I ask everyone. Uh, what is one piece of advice that you want every young Catholic woman to know? And this can relate to the topic or not. So I'm going to, I quote my dad a lot uh, because he, just, he, he he went through a lot of struggles in his life yeah. and, and he's kind of um, one of my heroes. And so he said to me, um, never quit, never give up and never lose your faith for it's yep. the one reason why you walk this earth for God chose today for you. Yep. So what are you going to do with it? Yep. And he said that a lot. And I rolled my eyes a lot and it wasn't until I was a wife and mother that I got it. Yeah. You know, you can't quit because God never quit on you. Don't give up hope because God is hope. Right. And he chose today for you. Why? 
You might not ever understand that. Yep. But he does because he sees all of it. Mm-hmm. He sees the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. He is it. Yeah. So therefore, just keep walking. Mm-hmm. Don't quit and don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up on yourself and don't give up on God. Yeah. And choose hope always. Yes. Amen. Perfectly said. Exactly. We get the choice. So was what what do we want to do? What what is the life we want to live? Just as we said, you get to choose good or you get to choose, you know, the not so good, good right? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just as simple as the the yes, Lord, in the morning when I wake up and yes, Lord, today is a new day. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Let's do it. Right? Amen. And if yeah, if you don't get to your prayer corner in the mornings, like just a simple little quote unquote little breath prayers that I say, you know, like Jesus, I trust in you or just acknowledging the Lord throughout your day and little things like he also like takes joy in that, you know, maybe you didn't sit down for 20 minutes in prayer that day, but you still acknowledge the presence of God in your life, Amen. Um, which can be super powerful for you. Um, just like, you know, knowing that the Lord is still with me. It's a huge mindset thing of like, you know, maybe, maybe I, you know, failed in my humanness today and didn't pray, but I still made the choice to recognize God in my life. So, Amen. and that's powerful in itself. It is. Yeah, it is. Our choosing him is always the best choice we can yeah. make. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good. I loved chatting today. Um, so before we leave, uh, where can people go follow you? Um, any social media or websites or anything you want to share? Feel free to sure. do So I spend most of my social media time on, on Instagram. Yep. So it's just my name at Mary Lenneberg. Um, you can go to MaryLenneberg.com if you want me to come and speak at your parish or, uh, you know, your conference or lead a retreat or what have you. All my speaking information is on my website at yeah. MaryLenneberg.com. So I'm on Facebook as well. Again, yeah. Mary Lenneberg. If you just to look up my name, you'll find me. Yeah, absolutely. And then are your books on your website as well? They are. My Perfect. books are both on my website and you can also purchase them wherever books are sold. So Amazon, christianbook.com, Ave Maria Press, wherever. Awesome. Perfect. Sweet. I'm going to um, add those to my book list. I'm trying to do better at reading books. So um, yeah, making time for both available on audiobook as well. Oh, perfect. Even better. I'm like, a, I love, I'm a listen person. I'm a listen speaker thing. Just as you said of like, not liking to write, we could go on about this conversation, but <laughs> I love podcasts. Hence the reason I'm a podcast host. So <laughs> perfect. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. It was such a blessing to have you here with me. Thank you for having me, Whitney. It was an absolute delight. Yes, absolutely. Hey girl, we've made it to the end of this episode of the Abundantly Yours podcast. If this episode touched your heart in any way, I would be so thankful if you could head on over to subscribe and leave me a review. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Be sure to go follow me on Instagram at abundantly.yours for more. See you next time.